Blog Talk Radio. Reality Radio Entertainment presents Behind the Curtain with your host, Kathy Barrett. Welcome to Behind the Curtain, a show about life and how we navigate down the not-so-yellow brick road of it. Folks, I love live radio, and that, because I have to tell you, for some reason, I have not been able to get my lovely guest on the line. There seems to be something um, going on with uh, calling out and getting them. Uh, so I will get to that in a second, but let me just read a few announcements before I try contacting them. Um, it's Roberta Grimes, and she is a wonderful author and attorney. She's a um, religious scholar, and she has this wonderful program uh, with us today. So I hope we're going to be able to reach her and just bear with me uh, a few seconds. Roberta, if you're out there listening, do me a favor and call in. It's area code 714-409-0539, and hopefully uh, we'll be able to get you on the program that way because I am not able to uh, reach you via the switchboard here, which should happen without any issues. So anyway, I'm Kathy Barrett. I'm your host. Thanks for tuning in and welcome to the program. I hope you had a wonderful holiday weekend. A happy Easter and Passover to everyone listening out there. And uh, it was just delightful. The weather is incredible. The um, I got to spend some time with family, which was delightful. So I'm wishing that you all had the same experience. If you have not purchased your copy of The Icon Hunter, I'm wondering why it is you haven't. And uh, if you have, thank you very much. And I wonder if I can make a request of you. If you can record a few-second video on your iPhones, introducing yourself, where you're from, and what you do, and just one sentence about the Icon Hunter, what your review is. I would greatly appreciate it. Go to the website first for the show, which is gobehindthecurtain.com. And when you go gobehindthecurtain.com, there's a place for you to send me an email. Do that. Tell me you're interested in participating, and then send me in the iPhone. recording of the video, and I will greatly appreciate it. Whoever comes up with the most unique uh, review of the book will receive a copy for free. So uh, don't forget to do that, and I appreciate uh, everyone out there who uh, agrees to participate. Listen, just to uh, plug uh, to Sula Hajitofi and the Icon Hunter, she's going to be in Washington uh, tomorrow actually, at Kramer's Bookstore. It's uh, an event that's open to the public. And if you want more information, go to books at Kramers.com, I believe that it is. Books at Kramers.com for more information. And uh, the address is 1517 Connecticut Avenue, Northwest, Washington, D.C. So if you haven't gotten your copy yet, it's an opportunity to go there and buy a copy of the book and have Tasula sign it. And uh, there's a lovely cafe at Kramer's, so you can make an evening of it, and I'm sure it will be a memorable night for you. Um, Before I try to uh, contact my guest again, um, let me just say that uh, April 19th is a very special day, and I want to take a moment to acknowledge someone, wish them a happy birthday. It goes out to uh, Matthew McMurray, 
Matthew is a legislative uh, director uh, in Washington, and I've known Matthew since he was born, and his awareness about politics and the state of the world has been at the forefront of his concerns from the time he's been about seven years old. Now he's in Washington at the, in the heat of what's going on, uh, you know, for the country right now. And I have to say that, you know, since he's been about seven, I think it was Christmas vacation and the family came in and we had the day scheduled with Matthew and his two younger brothers, Greg and Mike. We were going to go sightseeing and just have a fun day in New York. And he was so upset because of, you know, him seeing all of the homeless people that were living out in the street in the cold at that point. And we're going back several years, so it was really quite bad in New York City. He didn't want any presents. He didn't want to have fun that day. He was just so caught up in seeing all these people suffering, and he didn't fail feel that it was fair for um you know him to be having a good time when when so many people were were living without so we changed our plans for that day and we all went and uh, volunteered at a soup kitchen in hell's kitchen and i have to tell you it was one of the best days of my life um just watching the boys kind of serve all of these people who were down and out on their luck at that moment and um brought such joy and light into their hearts it was it was just a wonderful day for everyone involved. So I want to toast Matthew McMurray and his beautiful spirit and wish him all the best uh, for a wonderful birthday. And I just hope and pray that the rest of Washington and all the politicians out there catch up to the size of his heart because we would really be living in a much better world. Anyway, let me just tell you a little bit about our guest today. And then I don't know if we're going to have to um, postpone the show or what's going on. But our guest, uh, who is going to be on the program, is Roberta Grimes, and she's a very prolific writer of the fun series of books and another book called Liberating Jesus. Um, She was going to be on the program talking about her book, The Fun of Growing Forever. Roberta is an attorney as well as uh, a Christian scholar who, after having a crisis of faith, began to follow the gospel of Jesus, which she believes is our uh, surest uh, path to happiness, no matter what our religion might be. So I haven't seen her call in. Just bear with me, folks. I'm going to try to call her one more time here and see what happens. Um, Oh, it's actually ringing this time, so maybe she'll pick up. Hello? Hi, is this Roberta? It is. Hi, this is Kathy Barrett from Behind the Curtain. Oh, okay. Oh, because I, I was I was sitting here wondering. Um, yeah, hi. Hi, love. I'm I'm very very sorry. I was having some problems with the switchboard here, and uh, I kept calling and calling, and it wasn't you know the phone wasn't uh, operating. So I kind of went through my introduction and said, let me try it. I have the feeling that maybe things will work. Mercury is in retrograde, as they say. So a lot of like electronic things are going on. This is my cell. Are you sure you don't want to use the landline? Well, actually, I did try the landline, and that wasn't working. So let me, uh, is it 512-329-9506? Yes, yeah. It has a dial tone. Should, Should work. Well, it sounds fine, and we're on the air. People are tuned in, so uh, if you're game, let's let's just go with the cell phone because it, okay. it does, does it sound okay for this you? Is fine. 
Okay. Of course. Well, yeah, sure. Whatever you'd like to do is fine. Fantastic. So first of all, um, I just uh, shared with the people um, that we'd be speaking with you today. This is we're talking to Roberta Grimes. And I was talking about all the fun books that you've written and Liberating Jesus. For more information about Roberta, please go to her website, which is robertagrimes.com. And you can learn about all the books she's written. Roberta, you also have your own radio show. Am I correct? Yes, I do. It's called Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. And you can find it on iTunes or if you go to the the App Store, if you have an Apple product, um, it's just look for Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. There's an app and it's free. And I'm hearing from people and they love it. That's fantastic. Now, can they also listen to it going to your website as well or just through the app? Um, The only thing you can do is go to the link there from my website. Um, I don't, I don't uh, stream it from there. Webtalkradio.net really holds the, the, um, the podcast. And that's where a lot of people pick it up every Monday. I, it's, it's live on Thursdays on bbmglobalnetwork.com at uh-huh. 7 p.m. Eastern time. But most of our listeners uh, like to go at their own convenience to pick up a podcast and just listen. That's the beauty of this, isn't it? I love that, that everybody can tune in when they're in the spirit yeah. to do so, which makes it even nicer. So that's great. And uh, thank you again for being here today. Sorry for that confusion. Uh, normally, I like, oh, no to connect. Problem. <laughs> I like to connect with every guest beforehand for five minutes, uh, just heart to heart to set an intention for the show. But after reading your book, uh, first of all, I'm so excited that you're on the program today. Your book could not be coming to me at a more perfect time. So I'm just so I'm so glad. (laughs) I'm so delighted to meet you. And let's get started to uh, talking about it today. So first, if you can share for the listeners, um, you were you raised a Christian? Oh, big time. Oh yes, I was a Christian till I was in my fifties. A traditional Christian, you know, who believed all the things that Christians are supposed to believe. Oh yes. So I I read in the book that you were saying that you were having this kind of uh, crisis of faith and there were two different experiences of light that kind of changed everything for you. Can you go into detail about what it was that happened to you and and what meaning those experiences brought to your life? But when I was eight years old, I woke up in the middle of the night and knew there was no God and I was terrified. In the middle of my room, there was a flash of light and a voice said, you wouldn't know what it is to have me unless you knew what it is to be without me. I will never leave you again. And of course, since I was so young, I thought that must be normal. Um, But I never told anyone what happened to me. I majored in early Christian history in college and uh, I had another sort of crisis at that point because I had never asked anybody about it because I figured it was normal and I would hear about it in the course of my life, but I never had. So I was very discouraged. And one day at five o'clock in the afternoon, I had the same light and the same voice just said, I will never leave you. And that's when I knew I had to find out where that came from. And that's what started me on researching the afterlife at a time when it really wasn't an interest of anybody else's. I was, I sort of was eccentric for many Mm -hmm. years until uh, suddenly everybody was interested, which was great. Yeah, it it is fascinating subject matter. But just to go back for a second, because I really want people to get this. You were so young and to have that feeling like you, you know, just to to feel that um, 
you felt there was no God. What was going on for you at yeah. that point that led to that? Well, it I, it had nothing to do with me. Uh, obviously, the voice was my primary spirit guide, and he was establishing connect, a connection with me. So he withdrew, which was what made me think there was no God. And then when he came back, he said, I just wanted you to know what it would be like if there were no spiritual reality, and I'm, I'm going to be here from now on. And he has been. I mean, so we, most people have no understanding of what, what reality is, and, and I didn't for a long time. So I understand why he felt he had to do that. So, I mean, that, that may be a little difficult for a lot of the listeners out there to understand. So let's, because, it, you know, everyone has their own beliefs. And even when you say things or people say, well, and because I, I, I happen to agree with you, I think uh, religion um, organized religion kind of divides people. You know, it's, it's, we always get into this conversation, my God's better than your God, and their wars come from it, and there's all these things that happen that are, you know, kind of stem from uh, um, being fanatical religious, you know, from that dogma. So, but many people out there don't agree with that, object to it. So my feeling is, Whatever floats your boat, whatever makes you happy, whatever keeps you at this certain level of of of, of goodness, if you will, um, it's fine by me. You know, whether it's organized religion or not organized religion, but just to take people through the steps of um, your book, uh, I, I would like to do so because I think that sometimes people get turned off to what we're talking about right here. It's something that they fear. It's something that they think is not natural. So they pull away from the whole concept of, of, of what you're trying to share. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Um, The the problem we have is that Christianity is a 2000 year old, essentially Jewish sect. Everyone knows it's based in uh, the Old Testament and in Paul's interpretation, he was a first century Jewish man. And that's wonderful because they package the teachings of Jesus and preserve them for us. What a gift. But most Christians don't read the gospels. They really don't think of Jesus as especially important. They think that he came and died for them, and that was what he, anything he said was, you know, kind of not essential. He came as our teacher, and what he came to teach is the easiest and most effective method for spiritual growth that there is. And since we're here to learn to grow spiritually, and as Christians, we've got the special sauce, certainly that ought to be big news to Christians, and it ought to be positive news. It's all good. It, it is all good because when, it, you know, as reading, going through the book, what, what you really, when you say the, the teachings of Jesus, even, even if you just get down to talking about um, people feeling very overwhelmed right now and people going through tremendous, tremendous facing obstacles and just look at our world and the state of our world with, uh, you know, the wars that are breaking out around the world, the threat of war as we speak is, is kind of over our heads. I mean, I think, where is it in the book you write? In your book you write, um, civilization is no longer civilized, and it, has conceivable, uh, it, it was conceivable 100 years ago to imagine that our civilization was advancing. After that, the lights went out, and it is difficult for people to living today to comprehend how low we've sunk into depravity. 
just as fish born into polluted water cannot imagine any shade but brown, so we, who were born into a world that was made by a violent 20th century, think our present reality must be normal. I mean, the only thing you also uh, say that exists is the mind, and all of our minds are part of a mind. So in that respect, are you talking about um, the individual consciousness, I believe, is a part of a greater consciousness, meaning God? Yes? Yes. Yes. Okay. The thing is, I want to know what the truth is independently. I don't want to believe what someone else said. I don't yeah. trust that they are repeat, reporting accurately whatever they received. So I've had to figure it out for myself. And one important source of information is, is hundreds of communications we've received from people we used to think were dead. I only am interested in communications before 1950 because that was really a heyday of very good communications. And the fact that they're all so consistent is important. Um, and the fact that they agree exactly and in detail with what Jesus said seems to me to be very important proof that he's real and that they're real. And I know some listeners are saying, oh, but the Bible says not to listen to spirits. No, the Bible says try the spirits to see if they are of God. The Bible assumes we will be in communication with um, what we think of as the afterlife, but it's really the genuine reality, the greater reality, because that's as natural to us as breathing. We are part of that reality, even as, as we believe we're here. Um, again, because science is all material and because Christianity and, and the other great religions are stuck, in Christianity's case, 2,000 years ago, want, mm-hmm. not wanting to know anything that's happened since, we've got to figure out the truth for ourselves. And we have a precious, perfect guide if we're Christians, our guide is Jesus, and Jesus is absolutely right. He's right. That's enough for me. Well, it's interesting that you speak about in the appendix, uh, going through your book. I mean, I think you list, list like 70 or so titles when you're talking about the afterlife and the books that have been written and the studies that have been done on it, which I found quite fascinating. So anybody that's out there that's feeling very cynical, you should check out the book. This is a wonderful reading list. I mean, the really fascinating titles and things to, at least before you make up your mind, just go and explore because like anything else, it's a journey. And, and as, I, as I mentioned, and maybe we can break it down for people that may not be as advanced along the pathway to understanding some of these things, Roberta, and they're, they're out there and they're feeling overwhelmed by their challenges and they want to do something to change what would be the first step that they would take to kind of remove themselves from, you know, the negativity that they're in and start to uh, raise their consciousness to a place that you speak about in your book where they can find more joy and, and happiness? I think the first thing to do is to understand what the goal is. I'm so glad you said that. What we're trying to do is exactly what Jesus told us to do. Jesus said that if we do certain things, we will be able to bring the kingdom of God on earth. If as few as 10% of people on earth followed the teachings of Jesus, it may be actually, some people say fewer than 5%, we would raise the consciousness of the entire planet. The members of ISIS would start thinking patting puppies is a good idea. I mean, it's amazing how powerful this is, and Jesus told us all of this. So the way that you begin is first by sort of clearing, clearing the field. 
And we start that by learning gratitude practice. That's very, very important because um, we, we tend to take everything for granted. And if we can change our approach to, to our lives, to, to thinking nothing is taken for granted and being grateful for everything, um, that kind of clears the way for us to do the hard thing, which is learning forgiveness. Jesus said it's essential, and he is absolutely right. But forgiveness is very hard to learn if you try to do it thing by thing, well, no, this guy cut me off. I've got to forgive that. And, you know, my mother-in-law, she's making me crazy. I've got to forgive. You can't do it that way. But what's beautiful is we come here to learn to, and grow spiritually. That's why we're here. So we strip down to maybe 10% of our eternal minds, very, very narrow kind of subset of our mind. And it has three important characteristics. It's lazy, it's habit-driven, and it's easily changed. You can easily change the patterns you've established in your mind just because it's, it's lazy. It's not going to keep giving you stimuli if you're not going to react. And everybody who gets upset about anything, anything, I don't care how trivial, you've taught your mind to react to that. And your mm-hmm. mind will therefore give you the stimulus and expect the reaction. If you don't react, eventually your mind is going to give up. So there are very various um, ways that we can do this. Uh, the one that I teach is the one that I think is the most effective, but there are other methods too. What I teach is you just, if you think you're about to get upset, before you really get upset, you just gather that whole thing up into a ball and you, and you, you jump in yourself. You put all the people in, and obviously by imagination you do this, but you do it physically with your hands. You make the ball small, get it tight, and then you just put your hands between you and the ball and you push it away slowly and you say, I love you. I bless you, I forgive, and I release. And you may need to do that a couple times in the beginning. I never had to do it more than twice. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I haven't had to do it even once in the last five years. Nothing has ever needed to be forgiven in my life in the last five years. And I am not a person, incidentally, who um, was was very nice before. So to me, it's quite (laughs) remarkable. I used to get mad at everything. I never get mad at all. But that's what Jesus I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm. I've just. Finished. I was. I. I didn't mean to laugh when you were talking about Jesus, but I was. When I was reading in your book, you talk about the perfect way to practice universal uh, forgiveness and love is it's through driving. I must have laughed. Yes. Out well, loud. for me, it was. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I must have laughed. I laughed five minutes because I'm going. Oh my God! I am the ultimate worst person getting behind the wheel. If I mean, I'm cussing. I have no patience. I'm angry at everybody. I have to really restrain myself from flipping people the bird as I'm driving. So when you suggested that as a form <laughs> to <laughs> to really, I, you know, I was there. I know I was there. It was. I was like, this is perfect because I I can't. All of my spirituality goes out the window when I get behind the wheel. It's really amazing. So the fact that now I can. Uh, by example, from your example, you know, really take this and just, you know, send silent blessings and good thoughts and, you know, have some compassion. And uh, I, I just think that was such a terrific idea. So I'm definitely incorporating that into my life as we speak. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, the thing is, what, what I found is, and I think that Jesus kind of hints at this too in the Gospels, that uh-huh. once you really 
are forgiving everything. To the, I mean, before it ever happens. In effect, what this does is to teach you your mind never to react negatively. So yeah. everything is already forgiven that might happen in your life. It's done. You never have to forgive again, and you never get upset again. Once you really are doing that, I first understood it that I had succeeded when I found I was loving everybody, everybody on the street. You start. It's love is natural for us. We are part. Mm-hmm of the perfect love that we think of as God. And therefore, when we get rid of all the obstacles to love, it's like our mind rises like a bubble in water toward, you know, toward, the, toward the surface, toward the light, and toward what we are in truth, which is perfect love. It's astonishing. I mean, this is, the love part is the easy part. Now I love everybody. And I, even, even people, you know, who, who maybe send me an annoying email or something, I bless them and love them. And I'm so happy that you have heard from them. It, it, maybe it's a little silly, but that's really how you end up feeling. You love everyone. Well, no, I can, I can definitely see that and feel that and have had moments of that, to be honest with you. I mean, for me, it's not so easy when I'm feeling angry to kind of get to a different place right away. So I'm sure it takes years of practice. But what I do find is that if, if someone, if I'm hurt, if I'm aggravated, it, you know, whatever that is, in other words, someone does something, I'm reacting to it. Something I found that worked for me, and I guess everybody has their own way, and there's no right, there's no wrong, as long as you get to the end result, is, is to, to find yourself in that place of love. But I'll always go and say, okay, what is this I'm reacting to? And then I'll take it and ask myself, have I ever done that to anybody else in my life? And sometimes, the, you know, it'll come to me right away and go, oh, my God. Yes, I was just yes. like that in that situation. Or it may take a week, it may take a month, I may not remember. You know, but but most of the time since I have this awareness, something comes back to me. And as soon as it comes back to me and I go, Oh my God, I was just like that person. And then somehow it opens my heart and I'm I'm compassionate, you know, because I have to forgive myself in that moment. And then I automatically forgive the person because I recognize it wasn't really conscious when I did it. So it's probably not conscious when they did it to me. And so then there is this sense of forgiveness that comes about, you know, in my life. But that took years of me getting there. So, you know, it really doesn't matter how we get there. It's just that we we understand that that is the pathway to this place of universal love and Unless we all kind of, you know, make a conscious effort to take that path, whatever that, you know what I'm saying? It's like, that's where we have to get to raise the level on the planet. And if we don't make a conscious effort to do that, we're not heading heading in a very good direction, would you say? Yes. Um, but it, it t- it's more than... It's even more than forgiving. It's, it's, it's more complete than that. It's developing a mind such mm-hmm. that... Nothing ever needs to be forgiven. Even the, mm. even the big things. I've had people say, well, I'll never forgive the person who murdered my child. I'm sorry. Everything has to be forgiven. And there are, re- there are deeper ways to think about it, which we don't have time to do here. I mean, yeah. I can teach people to forgive just about anything. But if you first have now taught your mind never to react negatively, if a horrible thing happens, you won't need to forgive it. It'll already be forgiven. Everything, everything can be forgiven. And the reward you get for that 
is joy beyond my ability to express it because as you as you rise higher and higher spiritually as love becomes more and more where you live there is so much joy and peace in that and if you want a relationship with god that's where god is so the rewards of this are are really make it worth the effort to learn to forgive everything for once and for all that's that's quite beautiful, and I love that you're there assisting people, helping them get to that level. I mean, we have a couple of shows coming up that really have to do with that in terms of, um, you know, stories where, you know, people just get into these circumstances or something impacts their life, like you say, the death of a child. or And it's it's really difficult to get to that place of forgiveness, but when it is done, it's amazing the results that happen from that, how positive, not only for their individual lives, but the good that comes out and into the world because they have come to that place of forgiveness is quite beautiful. Well, I'm so sorry that this, I feel like we're talking for two minutes, so you have to come, you have to come back on the show, Roberta, so we can have a, I'd love a, to. a better... Uh, uh, you know, talk than this because there's so much more in your books that I would like to cover and really, um, you know, educate the listeners about. Is there anything else you'd like to share? We just have a, about a minute left. The thing that we learn, th- those of us who have spent our lives studying what actually is going on, is this fact. You are a powerful, eternal being. You never began. You never will end. And when you really get what that means, it changes your whole life forever. Jesus came to tell us that. Now we know it's true, independently true. Thank you so much for sharing your story and your light with us. The book is called The Fun of Living Forever. Go to robertagrimes.com, listen to a radio show, and learn more about the projects that she's involved in and, um, and the other books that she's written because she's just a terrific person person. Roberta also, um, as I mentioned, has that radio show, so make sure you tune in. Thank you for sharing your light again, Roberta. We appreciate you being here. To all of the listeners out there, I'm so grateful for you, and thank you for tuning in. I appreciate more than you know. Pass on the show link to our mailing list and help me spread this information out and into the world. Like us on Facebook. Um, I just uh, want to tell you that it's been great spending this time with you, spending, sending you a virtual hug from behind the curtain, and I hope you'll tune in again. Peace, everybody.